Welcome to Butterfly Theories, a podcast where we explore how leaders can solve complex problems by creating sustainable solutions. This is episode five, where we will explore how planning for change in complex environments requires different approaches. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Parrain. I've always been curious and fascinated about helping others, especially leaders, solve the big, wicked, and complex problems that have been challenging our communities and society. This podcast is my way to share what I found has worked and to invite you in joining me in leading in this emerging way. In this fifth episode, we will explore how we can plan for changes in complex environments and why they require different approaches. Together, we will answer the questions about who should be leading projects, how do you get the requirements to guide the project development or the design of the solutions, and how you can prepare timelines with an uncertainty presented by the complexity of the situation. Obviously, this episode won't be a complete how-to in 20 minutes, but we have enough time to focus on a few things that could make an important difference. I thought it would be easier and more memorable to cover these questions by illustrating the answers through a story. Over the past decade, many hospitals in Canada have made significant investments to implement electronic health records or electronic medical records. Ten years ago, I was lucky enough to be part of supporting what I think was a successful implementation of an electronic health record in a Canadian pediatric hospital. I'll share my lessons learned from planning in a complex hospital environment and extract the lessons that are applicable to other complex environments. First, why are hospital complex environments? Well, if you recall from episode two, complexity occurs when we have multiple parts and their relationship between those parts. And those relationships cannot be explained by simple cause and effects rules. Pediatric hospitals are complex environments given the variety of patient needs that must be addressed. There are a variety of specialized expertise and resources required to care for those young patients. Pediatric medicine is different than caring for small adults as you're dealing with a developing and growing human body. Medications are often based on weights. Diagnostic imaging prefers to use lower radiation when possible. There's also additional ethical and legal implications for providing care to children. And there are also implications for the continuing care within the education system, as well as within the social and community services. When we are planning to implement an electronic health record in a pediatric hospital, it needs to be adapted to be able to meet the needs of this unique population. The first part of planning a project is determining who should lead the planning of the project. And yes, there are project managers and other project management professionals. But what I mean by this question is which team is responsible to guide the planning? In some cases, they might be referred to as the business owners. And we might think, oh, well, an electronic health record is a technology. Therefore, this is a technology project that should be led by our information technology team. And yes, that sounds appropriate, but in complex environments, I often find it is best to have projects led by those who will benefit directly from the project. And in the case of the EHR, it is not the IT team. 
For this implementation I was part of, the CIO made it clear that this project needed to be clinically led and IT supported to be successful. Maybe you're wondering if this makes a difference? Well, when the clinical areas know they will be responsible for owning the ongoing operations of working in an electronic environment, they are more vested in understanding the technology and how the new processes will impact their areas. They start engaging in how their operations will be affected and will ask more questions about how the technology can be adapted to support their needs. If this was led by IT, there would be a tendency to defer to the IT team for their expertise, and then the solution becomes focus on how the business can benefit from additional technology versus how the technology can benefit the business. And while those two sound almost the same, there is a difference. You don't implement an electronic health records because it is a new technology. You implement it because it will improve patient care by having one chart for the patient accessible at all times by the clinical teams. It allows for safeguards to prevent errors, and it reduces the chances that information may be lost. So the first lesson about planning in a complex environment is ensuring that those who will benefit from the outcomes of the projects are leading the planning. The planning is not led by the supplier of the solution, although they play an important and crucial role in supporting the planning and the delivery. Next, let's explore requirements gathering in a complex project. And by requirements gathering, I mean learning from the business or operational areas what they need from the technology to support their work. When it comes to implementing technology solutions, there is a well-known waterfall method that starts with requirements gathering, designing, implementing or building, testing, deploying, and maintaining. It is a linear process. And while it is a great model, it is not well suited for complex projects and complex environments. It is best suited for deploying technology where the scope is relatively small, where there's essentially a single strategy being addressed by the technology, and where there's a limited subset of users that will interact with the technology. Typically, the technology will facilitate a linear transaction between those users. And when a hospital moves from a paper-based system to an electronic-based system, it is not just a change in how medical notes are taken and stored. It is a significant change in how everyone in the hospital will need to operate and interact with each other. It changes the relationship between the patients and the providers, the nurses and the doctors, the clinical teams and the diagnostic teams. During the initial requirements phase of this project, I remember the vendor had suggested that we begin the requirements gathering sessions by demonstrating a typical workflow in the electronic health record, and then ask the clinical teams how the workflow we demonstrated was different than what they were currently doing so we could tailor the typical workflow to better meet their needs. And to give you a bit more context, this implementation was also the first major implementation in a Canadian pediatric hospital. So there were many components in the system that were not based on the Canadian healthcare system or tailored to a pediatric environment. There were no best practices and we had to discover and develop them. So given that the clinical teams were only familiar with a paper-based workflow, 
This approach of giving them a demo of a standard adult workflow and asking them how to modify the electronic workflow to meet their needs was comparable to showing someone how to drive a manual car and then asking them how the car could be modified to meet their needs when their current mode of transportation is a horse and a carriage. If you have never driven a car, you can't actually know what you might need from the car. You can appreciate that the car might be more efficient than your horse, but you can't know what you will need the car to do or even how the car maintenance should work. You'll need to try out the car first. Then you might know what you need from the car. So in this first example, it is difficult to get requirements from users who cannot fully visualize or appreciate how their future workflow might be and you cannot show them their future workflow without getting the requirements, especially if the initial demonstration is so different from their current reality. So with a waterfall approach, you can get stuck and feel like you cannot move out of the requirements phase. Instead, coming back to the EHR project, recognizing this issue, the project team spent time observing how various areas in the hospitals were working. We took notes and then we customized the system based on our observations of how the system would need to be tailored to suit their current operations. We then showed the design through a demonstration that we called the workflow walkthrough. The nurses and doctors asked questions about certain parts, they highlighted the parts we got wrong, they made suggestions on things that would work better. We made more modifications to the system. And then we had them practice through a form of dress rehearsal in their clinical areas. This allowed them to experience and get a feel for the system before the implementation and to identify further changes that would facilitate their workflow. In a way, our development process did not follow a linear path, but it was iterative. And in fact, there is something we did wrong in our first wave. We customized the design too much. Given the size of our team, we could not implement the electronic health record across all the ambulatory uh, clinics at once. We opted to roll out this system in waves, so about 10 specialties or clinics at a time. And in the first wave, we put a lot of effort customizing a bunch of components in the system, including providing many notes templates, order sets, and other features that would facilitate the physician's and nurse's use of the system. And as you can appreciate, we really wanted this first wave to go smoothly so it would facilitate the buy-in and support we would get for future waves. If the first wave went poorly, we would likely face much more resistance with the other specialties. After the goal alive for the first wave, we assess how the build went and learn that the nurses and physician only used 20% of the customizations we built and in fact realized they didn't need as many as we had built. We then use these lessons learned for future waves. Instead of building a lot of customization, we focus on building the minimal features they would need and told them that once they had worked with the system for a few weeks in their clinics, that we would come back and optimize the system based on their lived experience. This approach proved to be much more efficient for everyone involved. There was less time spent in front, and in fact, overall less time spent even if you consider the time required for the optimizations after the release. Here are the key things to recognize from this story from 10 years ago. While the implementation of the electronic health record was not new to the vendor, it was new to the hospital. It was a change the organization had never done. 
For the vendor, it was the first major Canadian and pediatric experience they were learning along with us. And given that there were many new things for the hospital and the vendor to learn together, it was challenging to develop an accurate timeline for the project from the onset. After learning about how the waves went, we were in a much better position to provide more clarity for when the rollout would be completed across all clinics. I remember when I took a project management course in university, the professor who specialized his research on managing complex projects noted that people are generally very bad at estimating how long it takes to complete tasks. There's so much research about how to improve estimating project timelines and different techniques to embrace this complexity. And when planning a timeline for a project, the professor suggested that you break down a large projects in blocks, and then you allocate the amount of time you think is reasonable for each blocks to be completed by. And then you develop a detailed plan for the upcoming six weeks, not the full project. Those detailed plans would need to be constantly revisited and managed otherwise. So the detailed plan is only required for what you can foreseeably see. This doesn't mean not having a plan and going with the flow. It is more about determining what level of effort is required during the planning and the value that the effort will provide. There's a good quote mostly attributed to Bill Gates, but that others have also articulated in different contexts, suggesting that most people overestimate what they can achieve in a year and underestimate what they can achieve in 10 years. And when planning in a complex environment and when solving complex problems, the work often takes more than a year if you truly want to create change. This quote suggests the importance of ascribing to a larger vision than what you think is possible and then taking realistic steps to get there. So let's recap some of the few lessons for planning in complex environments that I learned through the implementation of an electronic health record in a pediatric hospital. Who leads the project matters. You want the business owners or those affected by the project's output to be leading the project and be well supported by the suppliers. This allows them to be more vested in the design of the solution and to guide its development in a way that will benefit them. Requirements gathering has to be done through an iterative design cycle. The business owners and users cannot know what they expect from a solution to a complex problem that they have never experienced before. You need to start with a minimal viable set of solutions and expand from them once the users have experienced the new environment. Planning the timelines will also be iterative. First, develop a high-level time with some time blocks and only identify the details for the next few weeks or whatever number of weeks you could more realistically predict. Okay. So this is it for this week's podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, or if you have a different perspective to share, send me an email. For the transcript of the show, or to sign up to my newsletter, visit www.butterflytheories.org. While I try to release an episode weekly, my newsletter will be a good way to let you know when new episodes are available and to share additional information. Remember, if you found this episode helpful and think someone else might benefit from listening, please share them a link. And don't forget to follow the show to stay informed as new episodes are released. Stay open and curious, my friends. It's the only way to lead in complexity.